This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Tahan and Back podcast sponsored by All Too Logical Bar. We are a proud part of the TalkSport fan network. I'm your host Nathaniel Witto and tonight I'm joined by AD and Tom. So how are you two guys doing? You looking forward to getting into it? Yeah, very excited. <laughs> very excited, oh, marvellous. Yeah, well, AD, you equally excited? I wait, Nathaniel. You can't wait. Well, let's just jump straight into it. Um, although, I mean, last week was quite a happy pod. We had four points to talk about and uh, five goals this time, one goal and one point. Um, but it started off this week, started off very well with a Saturday night uh, draw away to playoff chasing Blackburn Rovers. We only had 38% possession. I'm, I'm not sure again whether we fully deserved the point. But um, Tom, I'll go to you first. A draw away at Blackburn, um, they're a pretty good team. Were you happy with that result? Yeah, I was at the actually the Grand National, so I didn't get to watch the game. But one one player that came out of it with very high praise was Harry Vaughan on his league debut. That was you mm-hmm. know the way obviously seventeen years old comes into the team and um, sort of players like he's been playing for five ten years. You know, it looks like he was you know looked apart really, come right ahead and you know good first touch, wasn't scared to take on the opposition, um, and you know was causing backbend problems. So. I think that just shows that uh, the the academy's come a long way in the past five ten years because they're now chaining through consistent sort of talents. You know, you, you obviously we signed Joe Bowen from Hereford and he came through the academy then, and then obviously Keen Lewis Potter and now hopefully next Harry Vaughan is going to be the next star to earn us a bit of coin in a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ad, would you agree with that for the uh, young debutant? Yeah, I think he looks like a, a good signing, doesn't he? He's uh, certainly come in and hit the ground running and he didn't look out of place. And yeah, I suppose that's the biggest compliment you can give him, really, for not looking out of place in a you know, championship side uh, against a, a really good championship team. It's uh, you know, it's good to see somebody coming into the team and, and ripping it up a little bit. That's uh, you know, that that's something that we've relied on quite heavily. And I don't think this season we've maybe used it as much as we have in previous seasons. And uh, Liam got asked if he was going to bring any of the young lads through and he was a little bit coy about it, wasn't he? But, you know, obviously, you know, he's, 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 he sees Harry Vaughan as uh, probably as a starter by the looks of things because, you know, he's left out uh, Malcolm last night. Uh, he wasn't even on the bench, was he? And, you know, young Harry Vaughan's playing again. So he obviously thinks very highly of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the academy has been a, a really important part. It's always been the... The major thing that the Alams got right. Of course, we've had um, young players like Bowen Greaves and um, Keen Lewis Potter 
Um, and then, of course, uh, Fleming, he, he's gone on back on loan to uh, Oxford, though. So um, I guess this season we haven't really used the youth. With the amount of injuries we've had, um, I guess the two main academy players we've used both called Vaughan, uh, Vaughan Koval and Harry Vaughan, which is a bit of a, an odd thing. Um, but I think uh, Harry Vaughan looks better than, than Koval did. He looks like a, he, he looks bright, um, you know, as in with the energy and quite an intelligent player, the way we we're playing at the moment. So what he's exactly sort of, aren't we? Uh, this, this mm, Harry from Oldham. January from Oldham, and it's uh, it just goes to show that they've got some good scouts out there, doesn't it? As well, because to scout somebody like him, that's that's a good thing. Because as you say, you know, he, he probably does look a bit better than Vaughan Coville, to be quite honest with you. We didn't see enough of him to make a, a decision, but he certainly hit the ground running more than what Vaughan Coville did. Mm-hmm. And I think because we've got so many attacking players, even though I guess a few are, are injured, we still have Pelkas everywhere and Longman who who could play. So I think the fact that uh, you know Vaughan's come in and played two games against very good opposition and, and not looked out of place to, uh, at all, um, you know, I'm sure his first goal's coming. But uh, Tom, big shout! Could he be the next Bowen Lewis Potter that maybe becomes a, a sort of a cult hero, or you know, for the club? I think it, it's so hard to say. Yeah, I know it's one of the questions where I you want a yes or a no, Tom. A yes or a no. I think uh, from two games, let's, let's say yes. Let's no. have a bit of confidence. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, but um, I think with the two games I've seen, I, I, he's very good technically. Like his first touch is brilliant, and and he's got an eye for a pass as well. I think he started mm-hmm. obviously on the left wing, and then no, he started actually in the centre centre last uh, last night. Um, and yeah, I thought he sort yeah. of affected the game well. Yeah, um, it's a shame we don't have. And any sort of fit natural striker because it probably would help you know him having someone to play to but um you know i thought he gave a great account of himself last night um you know he was picking up the ball he, he wasn't afraid to take on the players um you know and it was he was a part of a few of our you know great team moves last night especially in the first half and you know it's, i think sometimes when you're in this position towards the end of the season you know you don't you sort of relish it because you've got the opportunity to give you a chance, especially because we've got a lot of injuries. It's given that opportunity to warn now. Whereas if it was sort of fighting against relegation or going for the playoffs, Rossini probably would be reluctant to chucking a 17-year-old into the mix. But knowing that we're safe, you know, we've got nothing to lose. And I think that's that sort of brought the best out of him. Vaughan knows that, like, every way is not being performing. Um and you know our other wingers aren't really performing like Pelcast, so it's given Vaughan a chance to come in and sort of stamp his mark on the team. And hopefully next season he's a bigger part, of, bigger part of the plans because he, he certainly looks the part. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of the player, the type of player can like to sign a young English, you know, well vaguely winger, attacking midfielder, um, false nine who can play anywhere across the front three, which is really helpful. We've got a fair few of those, but um, I think. I mean, yeah, it is too early to say, and I think maybe Bowen and Lewis Potter had scored by now um, in their careers, but, uh, you know, don't want to compare him too much to those because he has just played the two games. But, um, I think, yeah, I think the fact we're playing this very technical system with the passing and the controlling the possession and he's come in and not looked out of um, place is the the best compliment we can give him. Uh, AD, he's clever as well, isn't he? Uh, he's just, you, you know, you, you saw last night with that free kick that he won on the edge of the area, uh, you know, he put his body just in front of the player, took that little nudge, goes over. Referee can't do anything else but give a free kick. And for a young lad like him to have that football in brain is really good. And I agree with what Lee said. Good evening, Lee, by the way. Uh, Malcolm has just not uh cut it, has he? And that's why he wanted the team last night. He's coming, he's got he's had a lot of hype behind him. But for me, if there was a if there was a chance of a signing next season, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't pay him. Uh, I think you can get better players for the money that he'll be wanting to come in next season, to be quite honest. But that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's just such a shame that we brought in those three loan players and uh, Darlow's done really well. But then Ebuway's been fit and we could play him. But Connolly was really the one. I mean, he only played, I think, six games, including the FA Cup. But I think that might actually benefit us. The fact that we're probably one of the only clubs that would want to sign him because we know he can fit into our system. But other clubs wouldn't want to pay money for him, seeming as he's not played much football recently. So maybe the injury might actually 
help our you know case to get him on a permanent deal would you do you think you know that's maybe the one of the first things we need to do in the summer tom yeah, yeah. Um, but going back to Vaughan, I just wanted to I just wanted to sort of mention uh, something else about him. Enchet put there about his pressing, and and as as good as he was technically, I felt his strongest part was how he was off the ball. Um, with his pressing, I felt that he sort of set set the temper in in that first half because he was playing sort of in a forward role. Um, he had to press high, and I felt that there was at times in the first half where we was looking really positive, was was pressing onto Borough, um, and uh, yeah, you know, like he sort of set the tempo of his pressing, and, and sometimes there was, there was at times where the rest of the team didn't follow. So uh, yeah, I think that that was another positive to take from from his performance. Yeah, been a bit season, I mean, not pressing. Uh, as a team, you know, one player pressing, but not pressing as a team. And I think that's been a bit of a problem with our season is that we've, you know, obviously Liam wants us to press as a team, but there's certain players that aren't doing it. So that then, you, you, that then makes it daft for the ladder who's actually gone up there pressing. It's it's just, he's doing it for nothing really, isn't he? It's, 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 a, it's a no-win situation. If you don't go as a whole, there's no point in doing it as a one. But I felt last night we executed it well, if I'm being honest. Like we, we sort of forced them into errors. There was a times yeah, when they were trying, yeah. yeah, try, trying to play out from the goalkeeper and, and they was giving it away. Um, yeah. you know, and we was forcing them into errors and was getting from inside the pitch, and that was sort of was marking our territory territory in the game, and that's what, obviously where the goal came from. We pressed yeah. high, they give it away, we win a corner. You know, it's a great ball in from Chiara and Ali I even better with a header, great, great header into the yeah. you know far left corner. Um, yeah, I think, and, was, uh, I think yeah. I was meaning when he hadn't been in the team, Tom, uh, because, you know, he hadn't been in the team, obviously, a lot, and, and we've lacked that bit of pressing without him in the team. I think that him in the team, you had a few players, as you say, liars pressing with him. You've got a few players that are willing to press, and that's what we've been lacking a little bit, isn't it? You know, you, we, we talked about Malcolm. Malcolm didn't press him hard enough to to get the ball back off and stuff like that. And, and, and Vaughn's just got that where... He, he seems to be happy to press and he seems to have a lot of energy. And that's what that's the way that Liam wants to play. We have to have a lot of players with a lot of energy because otherwise we can't play it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. That, that's that's obviously where there's shown so much promising signs in Rosinia. And I think that only burns off at a transfer window. So you don't want to get too far ahead, but. Surely, if Rossini strengthens in the positions he wants, gets the bright personnel in, why can't we sort of challenge high up the division next season? Sort of push towards the playoffs. It's obviously a, a congested division, so you can't really you count your chickens if you, you bring in these players and you expect them to hit the ground running. But you know, we're not we're not that far off. I don't think you know we're going toe to toe with some of the best teams in the division, and then we're just getting out done with some sloppy defending as we saw last night, and we'll probably go into that soon. You know what went wrong, but. That that's it's the fine margins in this division now. Like years ago in the championship, you could get away with sort of making these errors, but you get punished now. There's that that much quality in these teams. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. I think also the, the no the no striker thing is is a big thing. Isn't it? You know, you you put Pelcast through, and that ball through to Pelcast was lovely last night. And and how he don't finish that and score a goal, mm. it's just beyond me. And he's been another little bit of a disappointment for me because uh, a player. That's supposed to be the quality that he, he is. Yeah. Should Greek international. Yeah. 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 How many times I agree? So. And mm. uh, he's, he's someone else that we, you've touched on it there, Eddie, that he's someone else that doesn't fit into the system, really, with the pressing. Um, I don't think he gets stuck in enough either, but he, you see that chance as well. Like the inter, interplay before that, the one touch passing, that, that's something that Racine has brought to the team, the quick passing. And, and you know, we're getting better at that each time. You know, we're not afraid to sort of pass it around in their half and sort of wait for the opportunity. You know, the commentators were waxing local about that play and how good Rossini has done for us. And, you know, that that's that's obviously credit to him. And it's a shame that uh, Pelkast couldn't round off that, that passing move of a goal because that's what it deserved, really. But yeah. I think first half's probably as good as you've seen him play in a long, long yeah. time. Tom I agree, uh, yeah. was really, really good. Such a pity that he can't carry that on to the second half. But good substitution by Middlesbrough. Uh, he sort of gave Calmelder a bit of a torrid time down the wing, didn't he? And then the second half's a different story because of that substitution and managers get paid to make them decisions and obviously he's doing a good job up there, isn't he? 
Yeah, as I Jones obviously came on and impacted the game a lot, but I felt that Middlesbrough knew where, where they was going to. First half, Middlesbrough were playing really, playing really narrow, and it was playing into our hands really because we played the four four two. So I think if you play narrow against four four two, you lose really, and that, that's where it was pressing two banks of four. But obviously in the second half, like Middlesbrough just knew if you stretch the pitch, you cause problems for us, and if you get someone that's faster than Elder down that right, as I Jones, you causing problems, and that's why our defence got stretched. Um, and mm. I think on the third goal, you see Elder, he, he sort of comes inside and not next to Greaves when he, and he's leaving Isaiah Jones on the right on his own and that's where their goal comes from. I think you see sort of harder details that we need to sort of iron out, but, you know, Rossini's done a great job and I think if he gets, like I say, if he gets the right personnel, you know, improve our defence a bit more, especially in the full-back areas, you know, it'll be a force to reckon with, I reckon, next season. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you're very right, Tom, to point out what uh, Vaughan and the you know, team need to do pressing-wise. I've got Tifo's book, How to Watch Football. Um, I don't have this on hand to read out you know, and, and uh, stuff and sound intelligent. It's just to prod in uh, my uh, laptop chart I like Tifo, because yeah. it's broken. Um, but uh, the major thing here is that um, an average football player in a game will have 46 touches of the ball so 86 minutes of the game they're not in possession so what Vaughan's doing uh, off the ball and the other players doing off the ball with the press is actually probably far more important than what they're doing uh, with it but yeah I think I probably agree that um, AD you said um, the Middlesbrough first half performance at least was probably the best I've seen us play um, some of the chances we created with those passing moves were, were really lovely um, Blackburn was the game where we got the point, but we only had 38% possession in that game. So I think it did sort of fall apart and we'll get on to, you know, just the frustrating, you know, five minute period we had in that Borough game. But uh, Blackburn and uh, Borough, well, Tom, do, do you think that's right? That even though we, we lost the game, uh, Middlesbrough showed what we can do going forward much better than the Blackburn game did? Yeah, I felt we, we took more risks. Um, from what I saw, we took more risks. Like in in the on the opposition half, I felt Slater was was key to that. Seri was picking up deeper. The Slater was advancing, and you know he, he was part of these mm-hmm. sort of one touch passing moves. Um, and, you know, sort of getting him behind. I think Slater had that chance. Um, was it Slater? I yeah. think Slater had that chance where he hit it near post. And I remember seeing in the chat that Ant said, "Oh, you taught us a forward to hit it far post." But I felt. When you're on the stretch like that, I felt you know he did as good as he could with the chance. Well, he's obviously not, the keeper out, I think. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, obviously the keeper, I think, is probably expecting him to go far first, and then I think he didn't, he didn't over sort of overextend and was able to make the save. But it's that sort of, I think, it's sort of getting the balance right because in the first half we, we, we did get the balance right. Maybe Middlesbrough were a bit off caught off guard and shell shocks by how we played, and that, that's that's how we sort of sort of dominated in a sense in in their half, but. We didn't sort of follow that into the second half, and they they changed it. But yeah, I was I was impressed with that sort of risk was taken, um, especially you know in midfield. Um, but obviously, when you play a four four two, you 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 run that risk of being overrun in midfield. And mm-hmm. there was a ta- there was at times in the first half, we was getting caught out. That Hackney for them was, had a great game. I thought he was banning the match, and you know that's what was caught in the second half for him when he scored that goal. Obviously, they cut it back, and he's he's arriving there on the edge of the box. Um, yeah, and a bit unlucky really, with the deflection, yeah. but that's yeah, the Lampard felt, run that you need to make. I felt, I felt that's. Um, I think it, it's easy to be critical. I think obviously now we've seen it, but perhaps in the second half, when we saw we was getting overrun, could Rossini maybe made that change quicker, maybe brought on an extra midfielder. That's obviously been overcritical, but I, I, I felt he saw enough from what we did in the first half to think, oh, the vehicle has now. You know, we'll we'll, we'll go back to what we was doing in the first half, but. You know, it didn't happen like that, and Middlesbrough sort of ran as ragged in, in the second, and and that's you know where we could be learning lessons from sort of you know the performance in a sense, and um you know it's but overall fair start yeah like like you say that was probably one of the best we've played. Mm, yeah, so that's the second time that we've gone to a team in the north and uh, started pretty well, gone one nil up, and then probably had a few chances to make it two 0 Unfortunately, couldn't, and then. I mean, Sunderland, we conceded two in, um, was it like three minutes? And this time it was uh, yeah. three in five minutes. Uh, I mean, defensively, we have been very good under Vecini. I think it's 11 clean sheets in 
25 games now, yeah. which is I think Sean McLaughlin's had, I think before last night, McLaughlin had 10-22. 10-22, I think. Yeah. And then now it's like 10-23. Yeah. Well, we only had the one clean sheet under Schotter and um, Dawson, who's that Drew at Preston, where we got absolutely yeah. battered, but somehow Drew. They had about 25 um, shots, didn't they? Was... Yeah. Uh, and just Robbie Brady crossed it like 50 times. But um, yeah. I mean, I guess the first goal was a bit unlucky with the deflection. Um, Akpom's now broken Jared Bowen's record of uh, eight championship goals at home in a row. Um, joint with Tammy Abraham, he's got nine. It's just typical a uh, former whole player was going to score. But I guess, um, you know, it was, uh, Akpom's in very good form, so it's not that big a deal. But then, uh, I mean, we've lost both games to Middlesbrough 3-1 this season, but you can clearly tell from the pretty, you know, shambolic defending uh, pretty much the whole game, the first game um, back uh, when... Was that Carrick's first game? Carrick's, yeah, it was. Carrick's first. first win, I think, at least. Or maybe it was yeah. his second game or something. Um, but clearly, even though we did capitulate uh, for like 85 minutes of the game, we looked pretty good. And I think there are actually a few chances that we didn't take in the at the very start of the second half, Aliar um, went through and sort of couldn't get a shot away. So yeah. I don't really think... Uh, we should be too disheartened. Middlesbrough very good. They're probably one of the favourites to win the playoffs, perhaps. Um, I mean, I think they're... Uh, you know, and we're now safe, so I don't really think there's there's anything too bad to worry about. Um, AD, I've been asking this question to a few people, but um, what, what, what what's the end of the season? You know, uh, there's three games left now, so less time, but what, what should we do at the end of the season? Is it best to bring in some of those academy players or is it just about, you know, getting as high up the table as possible? What, what do you expect from the end of the season? Well, I mean, you could, uh, I think you probably could do either, couldn't you? There's not a lot of them left yet. I think what you've got to think about if you're Liam with senior is the financial flair, fair play rules. I think that's what comes into our closed season is how much money we've actually got to spend because of how much we spent last summer. We, we went overboard last summer. We spent some stupid money on some stupid players that haven't done anything for us. And that might just suffocate us a little bit with what we can do this pre this this closed season for who we can buy. And if you're looking like you can't buy many players, then that's the point. You've then got to look at your under-23s and say, right, who's good enough to bring through? to bring into the team and have a go for next season. And that's when I would sort of use them to to try and try and do it. Because the moment is depleted anyway, isn't he? We ain't got a striker unless somebody massively recovers and comes back. But with is it three games we've got left? Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. three. With, with three games left, if you're Oscar, are you going to come back? No. It's not really worth risking him, yeah. his injury because he's yeah. he's been pretty good for us. And, yes, yeah, and, and you'd want you'd want Oscar a, to come back season. next season and, and be as fit to start the season and everything like that. So yeah. you wouldn't be risking him, even you know whether you're the manager or whether you're Oscar, either one of them. You're not going to want to risk it. So I think there is a chance to blood some of the under twenty threes, and I think it all depends on what he can do in the closed season and how much money he's got to spend because. The owner's trying to get the biggest crowds that he can get. Obviously, the bigger the crowd, the more money he takes on the concourse, the more money that he's got to spend on players because he's got the money to spend. It's whether he can actually spend it and keep within the financial fair play because yeah. the last thing we want is six points stops because we've spent so much money. I'm pretty sure we're going to be selling Cynic um, and uh, I think Pelkas is on massive wages and there's no way he's going to be coming back. We're not going to spend no. several million on him when it's, it's not worth it. Well, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it well, wouldn't see, be worth see, doing even if it was back, good. Can you? you can't see him coming back and he's, he's our player. We actually bought him, didn't we? Pelkas is on loan, isn't he? So, as you say, I've, I've heard the rumours 32 grand a week or something stupid like that. So, be, I don't think I'll be paying yeah, all that. I don't think we're paying at all. Well, then, then, then we don't. We still, I mean, in, in comparison yeah. to where we've been in the past few seasons, Tom, it's uh, it's crazy money for our yeah. team. You know, I, I do, I do think that when when I when the when Adrian came in and you know was expecting him to spend big money, I was saying that we've had players on five seven grand a week. I felt that you, you start bringing in players on, you start you start. Bringing in players on thirty grand a week, but surely that would upset the apple cart a bit. Like 
there's players like Jacob Greaves maybe on like seven grand a week or something, and then you bring in a 32 grand player, they're probably thinking, well, you know, I was, I was one of the most important yeah. players for this club last season. Why am I not that money? Do you know what I mean? It's like, I think we spent, early in the year. perhaps we sort of flexed our flexed our financial muscles a bit too early. I felt we could have done so much better business with less wage budget. You look at the likes of Luton, they operate on a shoestring budget every single season and they're bringing in proven championship players that are able to take them forward and improve them year by year. This season, they're looking nailed on to finish third or fourth in the league um, and have a shot at the playoffs to get to the Premier League where the big money is. It shows that you don't have to spend this big money to necessarily perform well in the championship. And no, you, you definitely you look, don't. You look, you look at Burnley as well, they're being transformed into Vince Company. Part, I think in the the summer, they didn't really spend that much money. And in the January, I think they spent quite a bit just to bolster the squad. But I think it shows that, you know, if, if you're smart with your, your budget and have this sort of structure in place, then, you know, you don't have to spend the big money. Like, there's people probably thinking, oh, we need to spend 10 million on a striker. You don't have to, but... I mean, I wouldn't yeah. mind. Yeah, I'd have, tried, I'd have tried Jim Sims. He's a player that I would have tried. He's been doing really well for the... Uh, I think he's, in, he's injured, though, I think. I'd have definitely brought him in earlier on because I think he, you know, the way that he's been scoring for the under-21s yeah. is brilliant, you know. Uh, and, and they're the sort of players that you want to see have a chance and see if they can come through and, and play, you know, at the level that, we're, that, that the championship is, you know, see see how they do. But, you know, I think we have got... We're, we've been doing really well with the academy, as you said, Nathaniel. It's one thing that the Alam's got right and... I think the owner's trying to continue that and, you know, if he can continue that and you can bring an odd player through here and there and save yourself money and keep, you know, well within that financial fair play, then you've got a chance. Uh, we have got the makings of a good team for next season. I think it's just yeah. a few little tweaks here and there and, you know, we could certainly push for that top 10. Yeah, do you think... If you're top 10 by this time of the season, you've got a chance of the playoffs, haven't you? Yeah, do you, do you think um, we'll be sticking with the same system next season? Because I think right now we're playing like a four-four-one-one. Really, I know it's what without a striker, but when when Oscar and Connolly was fit and Teddy was fit, was playing Connolly and behind one of the other strikers. Um, yeah, you know, it's two wingers sort of and then two centre two. mids. Yeah, four-four-two. Well, I, 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 yeah, I'm Burnley plays. To they play like a four-two-three-one, but they're obviously central attacking midfielder pushes that high. That it's more when you're in possession, it's more like a 4 4 2 or out of possession, right? But well, you know, yeah, two fans have been sort of behind the strike, haven't they? But yeah, I imagine we're probably playing the same system because we don't really have you know, we can't at the moment, it's not like we're playing for points, we're just trying to play the system. So I imagine we've seen he's not going to change it and. Over the summer, I'm sure he's going to be able to get players that will actually fit it because that's what he said about Connolly and that, that worked out um, for a few games. Um, I'm pretty sure, I mean, in the summer, just going back to the transfer talk again, um, we wanted to sign a few players domestically, um, but we couldn't do that. Um, that only happened later in, so I'm pretty sure. I mean, Senior said that, uh, or someone said, maybe Tan Kessler that, the system we're playing is very attractive to players and that's actually going to help. So maybe even though we finish lower this season in some teams like, I don't know, Watford, like we're, we're going to play. Coventry um, or whatever, yeah. Um, yeah. Millwall even, just parking the bus, lumping it long. We don't really do that. But um, I think perhaps that's, that's going to stand us in good stead of getting the players we want in the summer. So, yeah, generally, Blackburn was, was a decent enough point, pretty standard, and then Borough quite good until it was absolutely diabolical for five minutes and then it went to sort of average after that. Well, I, saw, uh, I, saw the, I saw Blackburn play Huddersfield before our last home match. Uh, I'm mm. getting old, so who was our last home match against? Millwall. Millwall, of course yeah, it was, yeah. East of uh, I, saw, I, saw, I saw Huddersfield and, and Blackburn, and obviously it, it was... The, the, Blackburn was sort of peppering the box for Huddersfield in the last 20 minutes really, really massively. And they did that to us on Saturday night, didn't they? You know, they really yeah. us and the really... And the defence held strong there. And that showed that our good side of the defence. And obviously, I think Middlesbrough probably got just a little bit more quality in there. And that's probably yeah. why 
they cut us open a little bit more and got the goals mm. against us because you know yeah. the defense has been great since Rossini came in and I was disappointed last night that you know we'd gone one nil up and lost three one, but then you know you have time to reflect and think about it, and you know we're we're not too far off Middlesbrough. Uh, we're probably a couple of three signings off where Middlesbrough are because as first half showed, you know, we can more than compete with them. So holds yeah. us holds us in good good stead for next season, doesn't they? I felt the disappointing, the most disappointing goal we conceded was the Cameron Archer one, where the keeper and McLaughlin sort of gets out of strength. Well, Archer sort of gets in front of him. And then at yeah. that point, McLaughlin either drags him down and gets sent off or yeah. sort of lets him get him the right side and he, he just couldn't recover. But yeah, um, that was, I think, one of the only mistakes McLaughlin's made since coming back into the team. So forgive him for that. And um, yeah. Is that the, is that the case of uh, signing a new contract with family? Yeah, I was about to say that, to be fair. Yeah. Yes, well, it's a very good segue because um, until we get onto some um, news and uh, about loan players and former players, as I've got written in the notes, uh, some fantastic news that came out of the club was that Sean McLaughlin, who has been absolutely fantastic um, as he was last season when he finally came into the squad, he signed a new contract until 2026. Um, he's got to be into the uh, Irish team at some point because I think the Irish team's pretty shocking at the moment and, yeah, and he's very good, so he should be in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so McLaughlin's been superb, I think. Um, I mean, AD, we were discussing it before the show. Um, he's probably doing better than Jacob Greaves at the moment, I suppose. That's because Greaves has been in his uh, perhaps a weaker position at left-back. But McLaughlin's sort of, you know, it makes it so that uh, if we did uh, lose Greaves in the summer, potentially, um, it wouldn't be that big of a loss. So, um, Tom, is that sacrilege? I I think left side and centre-halves are really hard to come by, English ones anyway. And, mm. you know, when Jacob Greaves sort of broke onto the scene, we thought it's the next big thing. And I think over time, he obviously signed his long-term deal last summer. And he's not really pushed on, I don't think, this season. Um, mm. Undershot a... Uh, was leaking goals of fun. It's obviously not just Jacob Greaves' fault, but you know, you, you get McLaughlin into the team. He's more of a, I think he's I think McLaughlin is more of a calming influence than Jacob Greaves. Like I I see McLaughlin on the ball and I feel comfortable watching him, but I think when you get Greaves he's a bit rash sometimes. He's obviously great with the ball at his feet, but um you know there's, there's certainly I think McLaughlin's certainly the more well rounded defender at this stage of his career and you know He's got obviously age on his side, like four more years than Greaves, sir. Uh, but you know, I think Greaves can continue to develop and become a, obviously a better player. But I think last season, if we lost Greaves, it would be the end of the world. But given how McLaughlin's performed since coming to the team, we're thinking, you know, if we sell Greaves for a decent fee, like 10 million, you know, we could, we could replace him, you know, with someone good, you know, someone similar to him, if not better. So it's not the end of the world if we do get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, as I said, I, I agree with that. So yeah, McLaughlin, three-year deal. Um, I think we've had a few uh, long-term deals given out. I think there's a fair few, like maybe Kyle Elder, Jones, whether they're going to get longer deals as well, we'll see in the summer. But I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That's certainly a fantastic piece of news. Uh, so some other news. Um, I don't really know if people care about this, but former hold player George Moncur has been promoted with Leighton Orient. So... Congratulations to him. Uh, he played like, was it seven games? So didn't really make yeah. much of an impact for us. And then Timothy Lotutala has played four games at Steamage on Lonel, the uh, French goalkeeper. And he's finally got his first clean sheet. So um, he had a clean sheet against uh, fellow Yorkshire team Doncaster 
uh, I think maybe even last night or um, at the weekend. So congratulations to him. That, that's that's good that he's been able to go out and get at least a bit of experience. So, um, you know, if he's still at Stevenage in the next few weeks, next podcast, I'll, I'll uh, give you an update because this has become a sort of tradition now. So let's look ahead to the next game. We're at home to Watford on Saturday, the first of uh, two back-to-back home games. I think the last time we had back-to-back home games, uh, we both we won both uh, with two clean sheets. So hopefully this would be the first one. So uh, Watford are 12th. They just lost 3-1 as well, but to uh, at home to Cardiff. I think they conceded three goals in 10 minutes as well. So fairly yeah. similar to us. Um, so uh, Chris Wilder is not really doing a good job there. We were talking beforehand, why would anyone go to Watford? So, um, Ada, you were saying that the money's the big part of why any manager would go to Watford at the moment. Well, yeah, I was just saying that, you know, you're probably going to work for six months and you'll get paid for three years, won't you? So it's not bad. Yeah. I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to work one year just for six months and then get paid for three years for it. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I suppose as a manager, it's a bit of a thankless task going there because, the, you know, they do they do like to go on the manager merry-go-round quite regularly, don't they? So, yeah, uh, but Chris was out of work and he's got three years guaranteed money. Well done, Chris. Yeah, good good move for him. Tom, how, how do you see this one going? Um, you know, Cardiff coming off the back of a lot. Cardiff, Watford coming off a loss to Cardiff. So, sure, should feel fully with confidence, but it's that part of the season where the teams at the bottom are taking points off the, you know, the bigger teams of the division because they're fighting for their lives. And it didn't surprise me seeing sort of Cardiff turn it around last night to win because these are the sort of results you get. You saw Huddersfield beat Middlesbrough four two. No one expected that, but yeah, I think it's certainly Watford. They've got. The attacking players that can hurt us, like Ismail Asar out wide. We know that our fullbacks are our strongest area of the team, so I think that's where they can hurt us, perhaps on the character attack. But defensively, the, you know, I've seen last night Cardiff are not a team that scored a lot of goals and they went there and scored three. So, I, you know, I should hope that we could put a few past them, perhaps, and, you know, hopefully it's an entertaining game. But yeah, we're sort of catching up at the right time. I think they can still, can they still get in playoffs? I think like, like four, five yeah, points a, I think it would take a math mathematical miracle for them to um yeah. I mean they, they could easily get the points required, but it's likely one of the many teams above them. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's all party, so yeah, I think they're yeah, so it's quite a long way. And yeah, maybe if they'd won last night they would have had a chance. But uh, I agree we we're getting them at the right time. Chris Wilder, I mean, usually Watford sat the manager and then they get a boost. Um, to get them into the playoffs, that was the plan, but I don't think he's really done very well there. So, AD, do you think this is definitely a good chance to get three points on the board? You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? I mean, as you as you say, they, they can make the playoffs, but as you say, they probably know they can't really make it. It's just the points thing that they can make it on. They've got to expect a lot of, lot of losses above them to try and get there. So, is it a bit of a nothing game? I don't know. Uh I think it probably is a little bit of a nothing game. We need to win. They've sold a lot of tickets again of the club for this game, even though it is a nothing game. So well done to the club for selling a lot of tickets again. Well done to the supporters for coming in in the droves to support a, a, a bit of a nothing game. And let's hope that we see, you know, as, as we've said earlier on in the podcast, maybe a hungry under-21s player who wants to come in and give it a really good go to try and get in the squad for next season and, uh, yeah. you know, c- come in and score a few goals for us because that's what we need ultimately, isn't it? You know, all right, we've got the four away at Sunderland, but before that we've not been really pro- prolific in scoring and, and that's what we need at home. We've got all these supporters coming in and we go down sometimes into the concourse at half time and say, well, that was pretty boring, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, and... Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to get 20,000 people into the ground to watch football. Well, football's an entertainment business and they have to start entertaining a little bit. So, you know, there's now to play for. We're safe. We know that now after last night, even though we lost, we're still safe. So go on, Liam, put some put somebody out. Uh, have a go at it and let's try and win 4-0. You know, that'd be if really we can good. replicate that first star from Middlesbrough last yeah. night, then we should oh, blow these away. Like, we 
we could do we could do that certainly if you put the right player up front and I don't think uh, I don't think Pelkas is the is the answer but I don't think two fans the answer either I might be tempted Nathaniel and you you know you're gonna like this I might be tempted Longman in uh, and give him a go up there because one thing he's not done it recently but when he first came to us he had a really good eye for goal. And I don't know whether it's his yeah. confidence or whatever it is, but there's something that hasn't been there. But if he gets one, I reckon he'll go on to score a few because he can score a goal, can Longman. And really, at the moment, he's, he's our only uh, actual proper attacker, as I would call him. He is, he is an attacker. And, you know, I would say that he's probably our only one that we've got to choose from. Uh, two fans done all right recently. He's not done too bad. He has put more effort in and stuff like that. But Pelkas, send him back. You just send him back. You know, let him go back now. It's, it doesn't matter to us. We don't need him any longer. Can we save sixty-four grand or something? I don't know. That might not be in the deal. But that, I'd get I'd get longer to go or something like that. You know, just to have a go in to see if we can get a big win in front of a big crowd and get him back for the game after. Yeah, Lee Walker just said that. I know it's nothing to do with the football, but Lee Walker said about the pre-match entertainment and it has improved. And it's my mate Eddie Eddie Richards doing the DJing. Um, he he got given the chance after the last guy was ill, um, and he sort of contacted the club and they gave him the chance to DJ, and he's done a great job. So they've they've let him stay on till the rest of the season DJing. So yeah, I'm I'm proud of him to be fair. And, you know that's how the entertainment's improved a lot more with the pre-match music. So yeah, I just wanted to give him a shout out on that. <coughs> Yeah. Well, there's an argument to be made that it's more entertaining than you know some of the football yeah. we've been playing yeah. at home recently. Yeah, it is, it is, yeah. Although that's not saying the fans, the fans, the fans are coming back yeah. for pretty much entertainment, not the football. And listen, yeah. I've not bought any of the food yet, but uh, when I see that food going past me on people's plates, I'm thinking for a football stadium, it looks pretty good. Does that food? You know what I mean? Have you, have you tried the yeah. load of fries, Eddie? No, I've not. No. Loaded fries are very good. Very good. Are they? I'll have to have I was go. getting. It's a. It's a. It's a. You know, before the, every game I get some. Like five pound, but it's worth it. My mate was hung over last game, and he he went and got some. Uh, he got some loaded fries, and I think they sort of. He, he seemed to pair up a bit in the second yeah, half. Yeah, that's so. what. I, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what you need. Yeah, well, Lee says top lad is Eddie, so that's nice. That's a sort of positive yeah, positivity we, we approve of on this podcast. And uh, Kieran says, looking forward to seeing more of Traore. So maybe if, you know, some people would uh, be pretty disgusted at the suggestion Longman should play, not me, of course, and maybe Traore, he scored the last goal against um, Millwall. Um, so perhaps... Traore's been impressive yeah, since he's, he's, he's come back yeah. from injury. It's like a new signing. He's got some about him, and he, you know, he's got a touch about him. He's got a pass about him. He, he you know, he, he's what you. Well, when you sign him, he's the play. When when we signed all the players in the summer, that's the sort of play he wanted to come through. Such a shame that it's took a long while for him yeah, to come he's, back. From the he's injury. a technician. That's what he is. Yeah, he as soon is, as he yeah, picks yeah, the ball, it, it, as soon as he picks up the ball, you you think something's going to happen, and you know that's. You know, think you're not frightened of him, are you? You know, you, you, yeah. some players you, you they give him the ball, and you think, you know, oh, no, don't give him the ball. But with Traore, you, you give him the ball. He's, he's always. The thing is with Traore, he's always wanting the ball. He's always wanting to receive it, and that goal he yeah. scored against Millwall, that that's that's a sort of match-winning moment we've missed. It, it reminded me of Robert Corran back in the day. Yeah, used to pick, magic. Pick it yeah. up outside outside yeah. the box, and that's that's all you need. Sometimes I think sometimes in the modern game, especially, you try to pass it into the back of the net. Why not have a go from range, catch the keeper out, and that's obviously what Traore did, and it paid off. But yeah. I, I'd like to see a sort of do that. That I think there's a stat like. Since obviously it's in the Premier League, but like over from in the past like decade, the, the amount of shots that's taken from outside the box has gone down so much. Like, like it's at its lowest ever. Like teams still at, at Kirch to sort of shoot from outside the box, the Kirch to sort of you know obviously get into a crossing position and you know play it into the box and, and then probably lose it. But at least if you have a shot, anything, if you have a Can't shot, happen. anything can happen. You can get a corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can get a goal. You know what I mean? It just it lifts it lifts the team. Yeah, but. we said we said this last week on. I know, I know, there might not be many people that do the podcast that listen to my lovely show on West LFM, but we did say there should be more. Time, 
on Tiger Pop last week. Uh, this is our big. This has been a big problem, Tom. We've not been shooting enough from outside the box. And as Nathaniel said, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win. Have some more shots from outside the box for me, you know, because you never know. You get that ricochet or whatever it goes in the back of the net. All of a sudden, you're boosted up. And how many how many teams score goals against all City from outside the box? It's loads. And you say, why are we doing this? Yeah, so it's yeah. the first goal we scored. The, well, the second goal we scored the season with Seri. Massive deflection. He had a go from range and it went yeah. in. Um, yeah. It was on two finally stopped a go from range as well. I'm waiting for one day. Nestle's one of them into the top corner. But yeah. well, he is like the fourth or fifth uh, rated player in the league for the furthest di- average furthest distance that his shots are. So he definitely likes to shoot from distance. Uh, unfortunately, he's not scored any yet. But um, yeah, exactly. If he keeps trying, he'll definitely get one. Um, looking at Watford, because we, we haven't really played them uh, a lot. I, I've only been following football since Euro 2012. And I think you've played Watford uh, five times. And we've not uh, a Watford player hasn't scored against Hull City for about 10 years. And so, I mean, they're, they're, of course, I've said oh, that. I've jinxed it. But... Um, Dawson, Michael Dawson scored against us as an own goal because when we were in the Premier League, we lost 1-0 there um, in our purple kit, which um, after we lost there in Bournemouth, we never played in again. Um, Cactus Purple, I think they called it. Um, But uh, if it didn't have a single shot on target in that Premier League game, and then Michael Dawson. But yes, the home game. Oh, of course, I forgot. That's the game. Lucas. Yeah, so for... Audio listeners. That's what happens we can shoot reaction. from range. You know what I mean? That's what Yeah, and, and of course that, that took a slight deflection, but he got the luck it deserved before he'd into the net. That was a, a big win. Um, so, yeah, we haven't considered a goal um, from a Watford player in 10 years. So hopefully we can keep that going. And of course, Tufan used to play for Watford. So I think this is set up for a Tufan winner. And then uh, all the Watford fans who were giving him you know, criticism will look a bit dumb. However, I've uh, put it off long enough, 45 minutes in. It's time for the best part of the podcast. It's Nathaniel's combined lineup. Uh, sorry, Tom, you've been completely covered. So for people listening, I'll just read it out. We've got Carl Darlow in goal, Greaves, McLaughlin, Wesley Hoyt, uh, who's a Watford centre-back, and Louis Coyle, Seri Slater, Traore, João Pedro, uh, Ishmael Sarr, and Keenan Davis. So it's a a three in midfield for Hull City and a three up front uh, of Watford players. Um, I mean, again, Watford are, are they five places above us? And I've got um, seven City players, so clearly my bias is showing. Uh, so, uh, Tom, it, is this does this make you live it or is this another pretty good one? Because I've been well, getting a fair bit of praise recently. Greaves at left back. Mm. Who's, who's what, well, I who's couldn't put Elder there. Watford's left back is a uh, camera, I think. I think he's done okay. Or Kamara. Um, yeah, I, I thought probably, I like Greaves. Out, yeah. And then. Coyle um, as well at right back. Well, Christie's injured, and I think that the Watford player who's been at right back for the last three games is like an academy player who's played three games in his career. So yeah. it'd be a bit insulting to Coyle if I drop in for. For yeah, that guy, Coyle got in the team of the week as well, didn't he? I've just got to say that you know, he gets an awful lot yes. of there, Louis Coyle, but he got in team of the week. And let's give Coyle his due, uh, he's been playing with an injury for god knows how many weeks. He's having painkilling injections every it's game before he goes out on the pitch, and yeah, he's still playing to that, that first half performance a, a, a high, a high level. You know, so yeah, I mean, everybody slated me for my coil comments before, and I'll take the slating again because I don't man, I don't mind it because I think that you know Louis Coyle, he epitomizes uh, what a footballer should be. He's good to all the other lads that come in. You know, he puts his hundred percent effort in. Yeah, probably he's not the yeah. most talented player in the league, but you know, if you've got ten Louis Coyles in your team putting in as much effort as he does. And they've got a little bit more skill than him, then God, you would have a good team. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's the yeah, sort of player you want as the uh, you know local guy, as the club captain, even if he's not playing. You know, it's like Jordan Henderson at those um, World yeah. Cups where he doesn't play. He's a good person to have around the dressing room. Yeah. So, yeah. 
He's, he's, he's done pretty well recently. And I think it was a good I choice. Heard... What I'm saying to you, well done. Oh, thank you, AD. Thank you. That's very kind. So I guess the only thing we've got to do left for this episode is to predict the whole City Watford game. So AD, I'll go to you first. Well, I've said it a couple of times in the podcast, haven't I? So I've probably, I don't predict games anytime, but I'm going to do it seeing as I'm on here tonight. And I'm going to say City win 4 0. 4 0. Well, I mean, Will usually uh, has been predicting 3 0. So 4 0, that's even, about 50 to even one, bolder. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah, be bad. I wouldn't up, mind 4 0. And uh, Tom, what about you? I think uh, a 2 1 win to all City. 2 1. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't see it being a goal frenzy. Watford aren't in the best form. I mean, they do have Saar and Pedro um, and Davis, who are three very good um, attacking players. But I think it might be a little bit similar to the Millwall game. So, uh, Ozan two-fan winner. Um, and he can celebrate. You know, he can do that Adebayor celebration, run the length of the pitch, and knee slide in front of the Watford no, fans. I'd love that. So, 1-0 win to City. I'm not 100% uh, convinced that we could get the win, but, um, you know, I think it's going to be a fairly tight, boring one. So maybe, maybe two fan can finally score from outside the box. So yeah, I think that's that's everything we needed to say for this episode. Thanks very much for joining us, AD, and can good contributions. Oh, go Sorry. on. Whole uh, city, uh, the Tigers Trust Arena, Westall FM will be live at one o'clock from the Tigers Trust Arena, doing our show Tiger Pop live from there. Love to see some of you pop in. Have a pint. You can get a tiger beer in there. Uh, it's massive. It's bigger than a better than a pint and the four quid. So what more do you want than that? So pop in and see us at the Tigers Trust Arena, one o'clock on Saturday, and Tiger Popper will be live from there. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. Thanks for joining us, Adi and Tom, and thanks everyone who's commented and uh, listened and uh, liked and retweeted and commented on Facebook and all that lovely stuff. And we'll be back again next week with hopefully. A delicious three points against Watford. So, thank Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.